Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Dave, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on here today, Pamela. I'm really excited to be here. David Richter, you are an absolute rock star. Seriously, I met you in Family Mastermind, and I was just blown away by you and like just the work that you do. I'm like, I can't wait to get into your story. Honestly, it's just it's just amazing the work that you do now. And I just can't wait to hear all about how you got there. So if I may, the burning question, <laughs> what inspired you on your journey to where you are today, my friend? Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the first domino. Read that in college. And that's what kind of changed the mindset from, oh, I don't just have to go to school and get a job and you know do all that stuff. And that's where I got hooked up into the real estate world. Was in there for about seven, eight years. First five years, I worked with a company where we were doing like five deals a month, grew it to about 25 deals of like what you see on HGTV, you know, like fixing and flipping. We were doing some wholesale deals too. And, you know, that was a lot of fun. Got to, got a lot of experience there. But one of the last seats I sat in at that company was the finance seat. And once I dove into the numbers, it's like, yeah, it sounds cool to do 25 deals a month, but it's not cool to spend like 26 deals a month. You know, so it was like, that was one of the things that was another catalyst to what I'm doing today was that I'd go to these other masterminds and these other events and other people that were, you know, moving and shaking in the real estate entrepreneur world. And they were like, yeah, we're doing a bunch of deals. But then behind the scenes or at the bar, they're crying like, I'm losing money. You know, so I saw this as just a huge opportunity to say, like, hey, we got to make sure that you're not just making money, that you're keeping it too. That's where there was a lot of other things that happened in my life. But I moved across the country, started helping another investor. One of the first things I did was like, show me your numbers because like you could tell me anything, but I need to see your books and like that'll tell me the real story of your company. And it was a mess, just like most people. I mean, it's just very typical for the entrepreneur to put that on back burner. And, you know, that's the last thing to get done. You know, that's where we went in, cleaned it up got it to where he knew what am I making? What am I spending? You know, like, where is all my money? He had a small portfolio. So he was super under leveraged too, meaning he had a lot of equity. There was a lot of money tied up in his properties versus what he took in loans. So that was another big eye opener for him too, where we were able to refinance a bunch of his properties, put money in his pocket. And that was when he told me like, Hey, I know exactly what I'm making now. I know what I'm spending. And I was able to pull some cash out because of this whole process. Like this has been life changing. That was the the true catalyst for what I'm doing now today of Simple CFO and helping people know their story through those numbers and putting people on the team to actually help, you know, get them to that point of like, now I am in control of the money and the cash in my business. So that's where the whole journey, you know, came from at a very super high level without diving deep into any of the, the stories behind the scenes. But that was kind of the several catalysts that got me from just going to college and just being another, you know, bump on a log there, you know, thinking that I'm just going to go get a job and, you know, just ride out my days at 40 years at, you know, someplace to where I am today and owning my business and, you know, helping people there. I love that, David. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's such a rock star story. I love that. I love that. But I want to reel it back just a little bit before we dive yeah, into the CFO, which is so amazing, right? Because 
I'm one of those people. I, I really screwed up in my um, finances early on when I was flipping and stuff. Like, yeah, you can make a million. You also can spend a million too. At the same right. time, you Very make easy. nothing yes. at the end of the day and you look at your numbers and you're just kind of like gouging your eyes out. Um, so I right. feel like, right? Like most of your, most of your clients that are like, what the hell is going on here? But I would love to know what was somebody was a special person in your life growing up or a teacher yeah. or a mentor or anything like that. I would just love to pull it back a little bit kind of to your, sure. your upbringing. I was very blessed with the upbringing I had. My first and still best friends, you know, and really good friends, my parents. So I know even growing older, like how unusual that is, you know, to have the support, the, you know, the, that type of support and still have it years later. So they were definitely a big, you know, catalyst for me. Then also I had some good mentors growing up, you know, people who taught me the value of hard work. I remember working at, at a place during the summer and kind of like a high rise building in downtown Chicago. And there was a guy there, Clyde Connor, who, you know, he was, he was getting up there in age, but like he would run circles around everyone else. Like he was just the hardest worker. And I'm like, oh man, this is, you know, it was just something that I gleaned from him. So, but there were people like that all throughout my life. I've had I've had good mentors in business, good mentors on the personal side, and that's one thing that I've definitely been blessed with my whole life is just a lot of good people that have poured into me. And I felt like in the real estate world too, you know, like when I first started, I was really young, you know, like 20, 21, and there were good people in my life there too. It was the books I was reading and the people I was getting around. So I've had a lot of good people pour into me and kind of what I'm doing now today, I'm like, I want to pour back into the people that have poured into me. But yeah, I would say my parents... Yeah, Clyde, there was, you know, Joe McCollum. There's a bunch of people just in my life that helped me through some of the darkest times too. There were some things that have happened, you know, like even though it's, I have nothing to complain about. There was, uh, there's always stuff that happens, right? And there were some people that got me through some difficult times, you know, growing up. So a lot of good people that I've been privileged to call friend. That's amazing, David. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what did you want to actually be when you grew up? Like as a kid, oh, what I, was your dream? <laughs> so I went to school for teaching and I thought for a long time I would be a just a teacher, you know, at a school or something like that. So I'm teaching in a much different way now, like even on this podcast. So I still have that heart uh, for teaching, but that's what I thought I would do. I thought I'd be a teacher. That's amazing. You know, what's really cool is when you look at when you were once a kid and you look at what you're doing now and how it's it connects in some odd way and you're just like wow you know right. it, it might look a little different than you imagined as a kid yeah. right but you're here and you kind of reflect back and you're like wow yeah. all of the things yeah all of the exactly. things and you mentioned mentors in your life and people that have helped you throughout those dark times i mean that's that's the whole reason why i started this podcast was because so many people poured into me and you know a lot of what people were seeing in my world were all the successes and all the things but right. what they didn't realize was all the dark times that I too went through that other people helped me navigate through right like my mentors yeah. and coaches and friends and peers and all of that and how instrumental that was right because sometimes David people look at us and they're like oh they're highly successful like there's no way that they've been through this or any type of failure in their business and all that we all know that that's Totally not true. Right. Between like life and business in general, what were some of the challenges that you went through either personal or business that you kind of were helped through and navigated through and any advice that you would give anyone else who's kind of going through it? So some of it was being able to see other people's mistakes as well, too. I feel like I've always kind of had that just in the back of my mind, like even growing up watching movies, 
you know, it was like, I don't want to be like that guy, you know, like if it was a dad or if it was like a teacher or whatever, you know, it's like, there's a bad example of what I don't want to do. So I felt like I would glean things from there. Then when I was in business and, you know, coming up through the ranks in the real estate world and like working with that company, there was like a lot of cool things that we did, but then there were some things that's like, why are we doing this? Or like, why did we make that decision? And it was just, that was a lot of as well to like good experience, being able to see someone else go through that and then being able to say like, okay, I don't want to do that in the future. Like, let me write this down or like etch this into my brain, which has helped me when I started my own business to be like, I don't want to make the same decision as I saw back then. Let me make a different decision today. And not that I didn't, not that those people were bad or made awful decisions all the time. It was just like, that's a different, you know, like I saw how it affected people or I saw this or that. And like, I want to do it differently. So I feel like experience has been a really good teacher. Then I've had some specific mentors get me through some specific things. Like when I first started my business, like having those people to reach out to, to even see, is this a good idea? You know, like I'm leaving the safety security, even though I had rentals and I had stuff like that. I wanted to start my own business that was different than even in the real estate world. It was helping real estate investors now. So reaching out at that time too, because that was definitely a part where it's like, oh man, never done this before. I feel like I've got the bug and the itch and that I've got something that will really help people. But so I got on the phone then because I was nervous as all get out and was like, is this a good idea? What do you think? Then I had people say, Yes, you know, like that they believed in me and that they believed in, you know, that there was a market for what I was doing. And, you know, just being able to talk that through with people at that time when it was a little bit dark then of like, should I go out on my own? Should I actually do this? Also, the guy I was working with, not the very first company, but the second one that I was working with where I mentioned, you know, he was able to pull the money out and all that. Like, I really liked him a lot too. And he had just come to me and said, you're going to get a raise, you know, and all this stuff. And like, it's starting this day. And I told him instead of a raise, can I like take zero? I want to start my own thing, you know, like here. And he's like, oh man. So that was another mentor too, because he was also, he said, you know, I would love to build this with you, but if that, I see where you're going, you know, that's a really good thing. Could I be your first client? So that was also a big shot Mm -hmm. in the arm as well too, of like, okay, good. I did right by him. You know, I've already got the first person that's going to be client of, you know, our company. So there was definitely some things like that throughout my life, you know, where mentors came in at a very key time. Being able to talk about that too, talk about the struggles that you're going through, like what I'm actually feeling, like, is this normal? Like, did you ever feel this way? Which it's so great because right now I'm mentoring a young guy who was, who's in almost the exact same position I was that many years ago, like seven or eight years ago. You know, he's with a company, he's the COO, you know, like in that position and just feeling a lot of those things. And I'm like, boom, I've been there. Like I can transfer my direct experience now. And like, I love that type of stuff. So now I see on the other side, going through some of these things where it was difficult. It was difficult sometimes like working for someone else, knowing that I had this itch inside of me to like help more people. But I didn't have it at that point yet to say, like, this is what I want to start. Mm-hmm. So it's like going through those times, too, and just being able to talk with the people in your life to say, is this normal? Is this OK? Like, should I start this? Should I not? Am I making a decision because I just I feel like I'm forcing it or because it's actually time to make it? Lots of good things from a lot of good people that have poured into me, like I said. I love that, David. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's the hardest part is like, how do you decide How do you get over analysis paralysis, if you will? You know, every entrepreneur, I feel like faces this at some point in time. And it's so difficult, you know, where you're like, I know this is needed, but is this wishful thinking? Is this what the market is telling me? Is this what, you know, like, how did you finally say, okay, that's it. Boom. 
one of the big things was that first client, you know, being the guy that I worked with, you know, kind of saying, yeah, I want the service. I want to pay this, you know, I want to pay you this for it. Then it was also going to my network and to those mentors and saying, hey, do you think this is a good idea? And then giving me that feedback and also saying, hey, I'll connect you to a few people right away too. And you can tell them what you're doing. So that was another huge shot in the arm for me as well, because it wasn't just that they were saying that this is a good idea. They were saying it's a good idea. And I have people that I think would benefit from it, from your, you know, from your involvement with them. Mm -hmm. So that was another huge shot in the arm. Then another thing was, it was a decision that I made at a time in my life where I wasn't on fire or panicking or like had to make this decision. So that was also another key piece that I can look back on now and say, I think that was another good reason. I made it because this was from my values, my purpose, my drive versus just something going wrong. Because a lot of people make decisions when their decision maker is broken. And I felt like at that time, my decision maker was okay. And I'm going through the proper steps. I'm not just, I didn't just start it on a whim. I had the proper channels and people in my life to be able to talk to. I thought it out, but then I pulled the trigger. Then it was like, okay, this is going to be the start date. This is when I'm ending it with this other guy. This is when, you know, like when I'm going to actually go start traveling. And the other thing I tell people too is because so many people want to just jump in. Like the guy that I was talking about today when I was mentoring, he was like, I feel like I should be further along. And I'm like, man, I didn't start my business until I was like five years older than where you are now. I said, what you're getting right now is good experience from other people. You're, You're testing the market in different ways. You're seeing how an owner's handling the business. What do you want to do? What do you not want to do? And that's what I got as well too. So I feel like I was building the business like for eight years before I started it. Because it was also serving the same people that I was. I was a real estate investor. I had done fix and flips myself. I had done rental properties. So I knew how they thought. I knew their language. You know, I knew the way that I could help them and speak entrepreneur and real estate investor. So that was another big part of it too. Because even though I run Simple CFO, I don't have an accounting background. I don't have a CPA license. Like I have nothing like that, but I know what they need. And that's why we have the team that we do that has all those credentials behind their name. But that's why I knew that I could speak to the person. So that's another thing too. Do you know who you're going to be, who your clients are going to be? Is Because everyone wants to serve everyone. When you're at the very beginning, you're going to have to take clients that you don't necessarily, wouldn't take on maybe years down the road, but you're going to be able to niche down. That's one thing too that helped me. I knew who I was going to serve and I knew at least the niche, the real estate investing niche, even though that's a huge niche. It's like I still knew the people and the product and like what mattered to them. So that was another big thing as well too. And real estate investors have masterminds, meetups, you know. So if you're going to be serving an audience, it's awesome to serve an audience that already congregates at different places as well too. So that was another thought process when I started. Like I'm not going to have to just fish one at a time. I could go out there and speak. If I have a message that I feel like I am out there to give, I can give it to multiple people too. So those were some of the things when I wanted to jump ship like that I thought about and said, okay, now's the time. I'm going to pull the trigger. I've got some good connections. I'm going to speak at a couple of these places. Like I'm going to line some of that stuff up and then run from there. I absolutely love what you have started in your business. I think it's amazing to have that niche and to really focus on that and hone in on that. And as an entrepreneur, your mind is to keep generating and generating and generating. And it's kind of like, Sometimes the entrepreneur is the visionary and then there's no integrator yet, right? Like it takes a while to find that integrator. And for anyone who's listening that doesn't really know what that means, it means that 
essentially the visionary who's going to keep pushing, 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 be the face of the business, be the brand of the business. And then the next element to that is obviously having the integrator who's actually going to do the daily tasks and like the operations and all the stuff and kind of crank out and make sure that the business is generating the revenue, that it's not superseding the expenses, that there's enough, you know, to go around. So I just love that you kind of focused in on that part of it, because I think that that's something that I know I overlooked in my entrepreneurial experience, because I was so driven to just keep doing more deals, more deals. And then all of a sudden my liquidity was crap. And I was like, what happened? It's because I took too much on and I was not properly budgeting. And then all of a sudden you get to this space and you're like, oh, oops. Right. What do I yeah. do? What do I do here? Right. Especially real estate investors, because we get crazy ambitious, right? We're like, oh my God, we got this deal. We got a rock. We got a roll. We got, a, you know, so I would love to hear kind of how, I mean, we kind of got a glimpse at how you started it and how, now how it's growing and how that need is, is being fulfilled many times over, especially in the real estate space, which is really some tips on for real estate investors, for sure, on the yeah. financial side. And then just entrepreneurs in general, because like, I know yeah. that there's a lot of startup entrepreneurs listening you know, established businesses listening and just different recommendations you would have based on kind of where you're at as an entrepreneur. So one of the other big reasons I started the business was one of the mentors when I said, hey, I'm starting this. They said, read the book Profit First. So I did. I read that book that night, took like 10 pages of notes, said, this is a great framework to explain cash to the entrepreneur, to explain how cash works in their business, because cash is different than profit. Cash is different than expenses, than income. Like cash is a different beast. It's like in its own category. So that's where I said, oh man, this is such a great way. The way that he presents it is really good. And then it speaks to entrepreneur and not to bookkeeper, you know, CPA numbers person. It speaks to the entrepreneur. So that's what really got me started on how I can help the real estate investors, or just entrepreneurs in general, because the principles of Profit First transcend business and personal finances. Because what the formula in Profit First, it says sales, the one that we hear that gets us trapped in the rat race is sales minus expenses equals profit. Meaning I make a sale or I get income in in my personal life, I pay all my bills or I pay all my vendors or I pay everything else. And then what I have left over, hopefully I have something left over from me. Hopefully at the end of the day or the end of the year or when I sell my business or like when I'm retired or whenever, you know, it's like that is some day off in the future for most people. And that's why people just keep spinning their wheels and keep going on the hamster wheel and in the rat race. And so profit first, the mindset is and the formula is sales minus profit equals expenses, meaning I make a sale or I get income in, then I take the profit that I want first off the table, then the expenses are what's left over to run the business or run my lifestyle, run my life, you know, run those different types of things. That's where I wanted to get that message out to people. It's it's the same thing as like Stephen Covey in like the Seven Habits book and stuff. Like put first things first. That's really what it's about. You yeah. know, even at, this is about your money and how to do it with your money, but you could do this with your time, like fill in the most important things first. It's this concept transcends all of that, but it's also a habit that you can build. The reason I loved Profit First too and the whole concept was that it wasn't just Rich Dad, Poor Dad telling me, pay yourself first, or the richest man in Babylon, a portion of all you have is yours to keep. It gave me practical steps to create the habit of Profit First as well too, of like, here's some practical things you could do. So one of the biggest mistakes I see entrepreneurs make on the financial side is having one big bank account where all money goes in, all money goes out, and it's just like, do I have money in there? Okay, well then I'm just tossing that cash out. You know, like I'm just always putting the money out and just always just, it's just always up in the air. You know, if I have money, 
Good. Marketing? Good. You know, we'll spend it over there. A hire? Good. We have money in there? Oh, shoot. We don't have money in there? I better go to a private lender and get some, you know, money in my bank account. So it's like, that's how most entrepreneurs make their decisions is by looking at their bank account. And that's what I, another thing about Profit First, it's like, let's leverage that then. Let's leverage your bank accounts and how you look at them to make sure you have some clarity because that one account gives you no control. You don't know what's yours, what's the IRS is, what's, you know, like to pay people. If you're a real estate investor, what's for the projects on your properties? Like there's so many things if you get into business that just, you know, your money can go 15 different ways. So that's why the practical steps is something that we teach too is making sure you set up like the envelope system. So this is why I love it because this is personal finance or business finance. You could do this in either one, but set up like the envelope method, which if you've heard Dave Ramsey talks about that a lot or, you know, like this is the concept that's been around for a very long time. But Profit First modernized it to say instead of envelopes now, use bank accounts. Set up specific bank accounts for you that will make you successful and that will point you in the direction of what is important to you. And I call the three bank account like in business. There's three that I suggest that you open right away. I call them the golden trio in my book, Profit First for Real Estate Investing, because, I mean, I get it. I Even though I'm not an accountant bookkeeper, I get that I look like that. I'm that type of person, <laughs> that number. So I love the Harry Potter, Star Wars, like all that stuff. I'm into all the geekdom, fandom stuff. And, you know, they always have three main heroes, right? Luke right. Leia, always pushing the story forward for good. Well, you, your personal life or your business needs those three main heroes for you, pushing your story forward for good. Making sure you win in the end by, and not just, I hope I do. I hope I have some money left over. I hope when I retire or hope, you know, when I sell the business, it's all worth it. It's making sure that you're winning along the way too. So what are those three accounts? Profit, owner's pay, and owner's tax. Those are the three accounts to set up in a business that are all for the owner's benefit to make sure the owner's actually paying himself on a consi- or herself on a consistent basis from the owner's comp bucket. The profit is like icing on the cake. Like, why did you start this business? I want to make sure that you're actually getting a return from it. And then the owner's tax, making sure when tax time comes, you're able to pay it and not have to worry about it. So those are the three main accounts. That's where setting up those three accounts will help you as the entrepreneur. Then on the personal finance side, if you're like, hey, I haven't started my business. One of the accounts I would set up different from like where you get your bills paid from or like your income, set up a freedom account. Set up an account, call it freedom and say, this is either freedom from my current job or like, I want to go on vacation to this place or like mm-hmm. set an, an account that's different. That's for your values and what matters to you, your family, you know, like what matters to, you know, who you are as a human being. So I would set that up on the personal side too. So if you haven't jumped into the real estate world or into the entrepreneur world, set up that freedom account. That could be the way you buy your way out of the rat race as well too. Yeah. So that's just something to think about. But there's some practical steps on how to, you know, like how you can be helped as a, a business owner or even in your personal finances to kind of get you out of the rat race and into a better light. That's amazing, David. Thanks so much for sharing that. I mean, and just it's insane to see like these thoughts seem so simple, but then the actual execution of them is really nowhere close to that, right? Because we don't think about that stuff. We're like, we want to crank out. We want to make right. money possible. We want to do this and we want... And yeah. then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your roll, right? right? Like, where's this going? Where's that going? Do you have enough cash to last you the next six months, 12 months? Like you said, make sure you have enough set aside for taxes. And just like, we get superly ambitious yeah. of our money big time. And like entrepreneurs, like me, for example, like I was always like, oh, we're going to make 
more. We're going to make more. We're going to make, you know, we're just going to keep cranking out, keep bringing out, keep buying properties. And it's like, and then timelines didn't fall through the way that I wanted them right. to be, right? So my first couple yeah. of deals, like I was just like, oh my God, you know, cash really is king. Yeah. Really is the key to sustaining any business. And this is one of the reasons why most small businesses fail within the first, how many years, David? Yeah, I'm seeing all the stats on this. 90% fail within 10 years of all businesses. And it's like 50% within the first five. Right. And they say the number one culprit is because they run out, run of, out of money, <laughs> out of cash, which is insane to think about. Cause it's like, that tells you like the entrepreneurial mindset of just kind of like pushing their business and believing so much in their brand. But then like the hard part is, is how do you take yourself out of the brand? Right. And try, try to think in the eyes of a consumer. And that's when you need the mentors. You need everybody kind of right. on your side backing exactly. that. And of course the finance side saying, okay, is this making sense? Are you spending more than you generate? Are you, you know, so there's so many different elements to this. And to any entrepreneur who's thinking about starting their, their own business or in the real estate investment space, what would be your recommendations in terms of a financial thing? Because the number one question I get asked, David, is how do you invest in real estate when you don't have much? Or how do you start your own thing in sure. the very beginning? So any any tips that you have on that would be super helpful. Yeah. So Real estate is one of the lowest barriers to entry, which is like the nice thing and the not nice thing. Cause you got like a lot of different types of people that come into the space, yeah. you know, that you know, from all different backgrounds and all different, you know, like philosophies and values and everything. So that's where it can get a little bit dicey because then there's people out there that aren't ethical and stuff. But as long as you're ethical, like you can go out there and you can make money in a lot of different ways in real estate. Like, do you want to take down deals with no money down and like with, you know, on selling on terms and learning that from a good mentor? Or is it like a wholesale deal? Like, do you need that cash generator first? Like I have no cash. So let me learn how to wholesale a deal. So there's definitely multiple ways. That's why I love real estate too. There's like a thousand different ways to make money in real estate. That's why most of the millionaires that are made have real estate and hold real estate of some sort. And that has contributed to their wealth. So it's like, that's where you have to listen to people like Pam, the people she brings on, or like people in that type of sphere that other people respect. And you might have to say, teach me how to do this. Let me go on YouTube. Do they have content? Like, let me learn how to talk to a seller, you know, learning how to negotiate, learning how to do that with people. That's one huge way, you know, to get started. Then as far as the actual financial side goes, if you're not inclined to the numbers at all, hire a bookkeeper right away. Like hire someone on that side to not to handle it. If you are just starting out, it'll probably be less than a hundred bucks a month too. Like if you find right. someone that's just, if you're doing less, you're doing your first deal, Pay them by the hour just to put in that first deal for you, you know, yeah. and like do it very simply. So like start there because most people like we work with a lot of people and most people don't know what am I making? What am I spending? What am I keeping? Like the simple numbers like that. So if you do that, you'll be way ahead of them, too. I love that, David. No, it's seriously. And I mean, the, the creative financing that you could do in real estate is just Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And to any entrepreneurs who have businesses right now, especially in the real estate space, what would be some other recommendations that you would say like big things to to look at or like a myth buster or like a like a financial myth buster that you can bust right now for us, David? <laughs> Something oh, like that. That would be financial. Financial myth buster. Uh, a lot of people think that business owners have it together when it comes to finances, but they don't. So you're you're in the same boat as almost all people, a lot of people come to us and they're embarrassed. Like they're talking like 
my books aren't up to date. I don't really know what I'm making or spending. I'm like, okay, well, join the club. Like you've just, you've joined the club of people who have now admitted it, you know, because most right. people are out there just floundering. And, you know, a lot of people on the outside think, oh, you're a business owner, you've got it together, but you wear so many different hats. And one of the hats as a business owner is that finance person. And that's the hat they want the least. Like they're throwing it as far away from them as possible. So that's another one. That's where it's like, that's a key role though. Marketing and sales, you have to bring the deals in. You have to generate income or whatever it might be that you're selling. But right. on the opposite side, you have to have the finance portion so you're not losing the money. So it's not like putting the money in and then there's holes in the bucket of your business. You know, So that's the other thing too is making sure that there's the yin and the yang there, that you've got the marketing and sales and then you've got the finance to make sure you're not losing out on money that you're already making. Like don't do that. That's another huge one as well too. I could keep going on, but there, there's just a lot of a lot of things out there that people think like, okay, I have to hoard all this money or I have to spend every dollar that comes in. Real estate investors hate lazy money, but yeah. I also know that they love having cash when they need it. So yeah. it's like, that's the dichotomy too. They're like, I want to spend, you know, like I want to invest all the money out there, but then a property, a rehab doesn't close on time. And they're like, oh shoot, where am I going to get the cash? You know? So it's like in those times, they're glad when they work with someone like us to make sure they have a reserve that they can tap into to say, okay, it's fine. It didn't close. We've got this money here. This is exactly what it's for to be able to cover when a property doesn't close on time because properties usually never close on time. You know, like when they say like 90% of the time, it's, it feels like that it's always getting pushed back for something. So that just helps you in those situations as well too. Oh, without a doubt, David. I mean, I can't tell you that's happened to me several times. <laughs> yeah, happens to everyone. And I'm just kind of like, oh, and you know, in real estate, yes, you're absolutely correct. We don't like lazy money. If we see it in there, we're like, hey, this should be put right. to making some more money. Can we put it in some sort of life insurance policy or put it in this or put it yeah. in this? that it's compounding yeah. and rocking and rolling. Oh my goodness. And and so for a business owner, what are some other financial tips that you would recommend in terms of them kind of like maximizing what it is that they're doing? Because I know like everyone kind of talks about things like uh, accounts with compounding interest and doing this and doing that. Da, 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 da. But like you being in the nitty gritty of the financials all the time with so many different companies, what would be like your best recommendation of like, hey, for any entrepreneur, here is like a safe, thing that's going to kind of grow your money over time or what, whatever, whatever you've seen with the most rate of success. Well, what I'd like to say here is master the fundamentals. Like before you try and get fancy and do the compounding interest, like I want you to do that stuff. You got into business, not just to have lazy money just sitting around or all that. So I get that, but we have to master the fundamentals of what am I making? What am I spending? What do I want to keep putting that as a priority in my business. There's so many people we talk to that either pay themselves next to nothing or they've never thought about what do I really need to bring home? So it's like really diving into that. What will make my spouse happy? You know, like what will make sure we're on the same page? A lot of people don't talk about that either. We work with a lot of people there and couples and, you know, like in business and they're just like, they're not on the same page because they, honestly, the entrepreneur is scared to talk about because he doesn't know or she doesn't know the numbers of the business. So she, they're always fearful to talk about it. So I would say master the fundamentals. Then there's obviously stuff that I like. There's the real estate is a big one. You know, like if you're not in real estate and you're in some other type of business, that would be an investment to look into. And Pam has all the connections. We have all the connections in the real estate world. Like if you need those connections for what you want to do, you're at the right podcast. The other thing I would say too, I do like the whole life 
insurance policies not as an investment but as an efficiency vehicle to put your money to be able to then lend out so once you start building up that nest egg and that reserve account like in profit first if you have a reserve account for your cash you might want to convert that to something like a whole life policy that then it's just crazy what you can do there compounding interest even while you have the money out you know like the, like you never touch the money there's just a whole lot of benefits to it I could go on but those are just a couple of things but before you get into any of the craziness or any of the like oh I want to double triple quadruple let's master the fundamentals and make sure you're not losing money because yeah. most entrepreneurs and business owners we work with and real estate investors lose sleep not because they're losing money because they don't know if they're losing money or not they don't even know what's going on and that causes them great anxiety and pain and that's where it's like can you get someone in your life before it gets to that point so you're not losing sleep because you don't know what's happening so that way you at least know so you can turn the dials in different directions so there yeah. you go master the fundamentals i love that david i love that and i mean you've built your your company from the ground up and really it's like its own concept of its kind, right? Like simple yeah. CFO. I haven't really seen anything like it, to be honest. Yeah. I think, and I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Now, what would be your biggest tip to an entrepreneur who's starting up or who has a business right now, just in general in the in the entrepreneurial space? I mean, I'm very biased. So I would say like implement profit first so you know what you're making and spending and how you can direct your cash. You're going to do it anyway, or it's going to be done for you. The money's going to come out and you're going to be like, where the heck is all my money? So your money is going to be controlled by something. If you've got the one big account, it's all going to go out and you're going to be like, where did it all go? If you have multiple accounts and you're directing the flow of your cash, then you can say, how much am I paying myself? Where do I want to spend this money? It's very clear what's mine, what's other people's and what's for the business. That would be one huge thing because... I've seen it. We've worked with people that have literally jumped into real estate and it's like their first deal and they've done this and they've been like, oh my gosh, this has taken so much pressure off of us to know. Like I close a deal, this is where I'm putting the money in this account, this profit account. This is how much percentage to pay myself. Like that satisfaction. And I tell them you have an advantage. The person that's doing a thousand deals can also do this, but they have bad habits up to this point. They've got things in their life. Like we have to kind of, you know, train them and untrain them on some of the things that they've learned and then tell them like, Hey, if you want a business that serves you, this is how you do it. So no matter where you are on your entrepreneurial journey, you can implement this at any point. The earlier, the better, obviously. But if you're at the thousand deal mark, you can do it too. But now you're going to be doing it from the thousand deal mark. And like now at your 10,000th deal, you'll have had 9,000 deals on this system, you know, to be able to pour into. So I say I def I'm definitely biased, but this would be one of the things that I would say. Set it up because you're going to learn marketing, sales, operations. Those are the sexier things to people like systems. How do I automate or like how do I get the marketing? What's the different channels? Like you're going to get a ton of that. You're not going to get a ton on the finance side. This will probably be one of the only conversations that you have, you know, or listen to on a podcast like this that talks about it. That's not just the dry, boring, just typical run of the mill finance stuff. So it's like, if you implement this, you're going to be taking a big piece, putting it in place that a lot of other people don't have or don't haven't done that you will give you a head start in business and give you security in a place where a lot of people have insecurity. There you go. I love it. Dropping the gems, David. Dropping the gems. <laughs> I tried. And this is my favorite question, but what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? It could be business. It could be personal. It could be anything. Don't worry so much. That's probably what I would say is don't worry. Things work out. If you do what's right, 
you can sleep at night. Like if you are always like that, I, I love the book, The Four Agreements. I didn't read that until later in life. And one of the four agreements that you make with yourself is always do your best. And if you do, no one can touch you. So that's yeah. how I try to live my life now. Like things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. You know, clients are going to leave or houses are going to blow up or, you know, like the deal is going to fall apart. Don't worry about it. Don't make that consume you. If you're out with your family, like be with your family. Like don't worry about that. You know how many times I wasted time like with my family being on a trip or something and I was looking at my phone or like worried about something. It's like this is dumb. I'm not going to even be worried about this a year from now. You know, and it's like I'm letting it consume me now when I could be playing with my daughter, you know, right now. So it's like yeah. take that and really I wish I could have internalized that sooner cuz now I feel like I'm getting to the point where things happen. I'm going to roll with it now, though. You know, like I don't want it to ruin the playtime I'm having with my daughter right now. Or if it's business time, I'm going to dig into it. Like I've got the time right now. Let's go in and let's solve this. But I'm going to do what's right. And I'm going to make sure that doesn't mess up my whole entire day or what I'm doing. That really matters. Because at the end of my life, who I want the most to say I'm glad that David Richter lived, my daughter, my wife, you know, my family, like the those people. I want my clients, of course, to say that. I want the people that I'm affecting to say that. But my family, you know, like these people, my daughter, my flesh and blood, I want her to say, dad was there for me. You know, like dad played with me. Dad was there for first day of school. Like that's on my calendar for next Monday. You know, like to walk her into school and be there for her first day of kindergarten ever. Like I want those to be the things that she remembers. So it's like, don't worry about all that other stuff especially if you've got good team members, if you've got a good system, if you're a good person, don't worry about that. Worry about what really matters. Am I putting the things that matter on my calendar? Are they happening? Am I letting these other things in my life ruin these relationships or ruin these things where it's like, I'm not even going to care about this in six months or even three months. You know, like, why am I worrying about this? So that would be something I would tell my younger self. Uh, I love that, David. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's amazing. That. Yeah. Super inspirational. I absolutely love that. And now for you, like what's up in the next like three to six months? What's up in your world? Sure. So, I mean, we're keeping growing this business. We have, we're working with people all the time at Simple CFO. And what we do mainly is like take off those financial headaches, like the bookkeeping, the CPA portion, like we implement a dashboard. So, you know what I'm making, what I'm spending, what I'm keeping. Like we do a lot of that. And how do we do that? We put a financial leader on the team, someone who's not going to talk to you like a bookkeeper CPA and like just the language that's like, what are they talking about? They're going to talk to you like a normal human being, a business owner and say, where are we headed? Like, let's make sure your business is pointing that direction and helping you take all those different things off your plate. So that's what we do. So over the next three to six months here, like we're still pushing, we're still, you know, growing. We've got a lot of big deals in the pipeline as well, too, with like different, you know, franchises and stuff like that to be able to help and serve them. But I'm just looking to do this, you know, sell more of the books too, because I'm not looking to sell a bunch of copies, but I know for everyone who's read it, that is emailed me, they say, I feel heard in this book. Like I feel like this person who was going through this rough time and I want more people to get that message too, because there's so many people that think they're on an Island by themselves. They've never like, no one's ever gone through these struggles or they feel dumb. Like, Hey, I or inadequate. Like, Hey, I shouldn't, I know this shouldn't I, this should be something key as a business owner, right? Well, it's not taught to us anywhere. So like get some of that basic information. So you have at least the core. So that's kind of what we're working on. I'm getting this message out. Got a podcast as well too, the Profit First RII one. So just trying to get this message out as much as humanly possible. So people don't have to be stuck in their rat race, whether it's on the personal side or on the, you know, real estate investing entrepreneur side. 
I love that, David. Thanks so much for sharing that. But you've got to let everyone know kind of where to find you, where to yeah. find books, Simple CFO, all the things. It's really complicated. Just kidding. It's simple. SimpleCFO.com. If you go there, it's a one-stop shop. That's where the book is, the podcast. You could book a call there, no obligation. We're just going to see, are we the right fit or do we have someone in our network that is the right fit for you? Because I care about helping the people. Like, what do you need? We'll find that for you on the financial side, especially if you're in the real estate world. We work with other people too, but that's kind of our niche that we're in. So simplecfo.com, that's where you can find all the stuff related here. If you want inspiring stories and you don't want to read the book, we have the podcast too of a lot of people that have implemented the Profit First system either in their personal life or in their business and you know just the benefits of that. So if you're like, hey, what he was talking about sounds good, but like I'm not sure if it would help me. There's a lot of good people there that are saying, you know, how it has helped them and taken a lot of that financial headache and burden off their plate. That's amazing. That's amazing, David. I'm sure everyone's going to want to connect with you after they listen to this amazing episode of yours. So thank you so much for being here today, for your inspiration, for your wisdom, all the things, a lot of the things I needed to hear myself too, right? So as entrepreneurs, sometimes we're just so far ahead. We're like, ah, 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 come right. back down to earth. Let's look at these numbers real quick. <laughs> you yep. know. So yeah, thank exactly. you so much for that, this, David. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Working like some underdogs, underdogs, underdogs.